Hello and welcome to another episode of Coach and Chaos in Season 2. Thank you so much for joining me as I continue the week of Joseph Smith. And in studying Come Follow Me, Doctrine and Covenants for the year 2021, I have a heart full of reflection as I've pondered some of the things I've been reading and studying this morning, and I cannot wait to share them with you. There was a beautiful poem that was published in this uh, month's Liahona by Jennifer Hewish Singleton, and it is beautiful. It's called Obscure Boy. Let me read this to you. Mind heavy and full, yet hungry and yearning. The promise of James fluttering in his breast. He enters a cathedral of green, a quiet place, a sacred place, tender and young like the new trees surrounding. He kneels, makes bare his head, and endeavors to speak. But a darkness unbidden comes creeping, bruising fragile hope and binding the tongue. Still the soul that cries out with voice of its own clamors and shouts all the louder to heaven with faith nothing wavering in him who delivers. Instantly fear and gloom are fled, chased by warmth brighter than the sun, oak and maple aflame, though nothing consumed. A verdant chapel bathed in pure light. The lad listens, heart quivering with the leaves of the wood to a voice that calls knowingly, Joseph. I love this beautiful poem in honor of Joseph Smith. As darkness unbidden comes creeping, bruising the fragile hope and binding the tongue. And so I want to focus on that. Today the word is seizing. And when we are seized upon by the adversary, sometimes it's subtle and sometimes it's suddenly, our fragile hope, our confidence, our desires and our hopes and wishes and dreams, they can be bruised when we have feelings of doubt and lack of confidence because we have been bruised. So today I was reading in Worldwide Unified in that wonderful, wonderful page in on Facebook. And a woman posted this. Her name is Cheryl Kahaiho. It's spelled K-A-U-H-A-I-H-A-O. So if you want to read this in its entirety on Worldwide, then I encourage you to do so because her words here are beautiful and I want to share them with you because I can relate to them and I say, read this, I know that many of you can relate as well. She says, being a member of the church comes with great responsibility and it's not always easy. I am a convert baptized almost 10 years ago. My ex-husband and I found the church together and decided to be married and baptized on the same day. The teachings of the gospel and my newfound church family helped me grow as a person significantly. I felt like I found a home, a family, I finally belonged, but still, I had these nagging feelings of not really belonging. I looked like the typical LDS woman, 
My life didn't look like the typical LDS woman. I had a baby at 17 and was navigating a different parenting journey than any of the other women in my age. I was the only member of the church in my family. My ex-husband was mostly inactive and I found myself at church alone. I ended up divorced and a single mom navigating and dating and attempting YSA because yes, I am still that young. I found it challenging to be a member under my circumstances. Typically, I felt like an outcast in the church in Relief Society. As I worked on myself over the last few years, I've been able to shed myself of beliefs that no longer served me. The feelings linked to the thoughts of not being good enough or not doing enough were easy to get trapped in. These feelings of shame caused me to disconnect and wonder why I felt so lonely. The disconnect I felt was not only in church community, but also with my Heavenly Father. I felt like a disappointment, a failure. I felt like I messed it all up and I was ruining His plan for me and His children that I have temporary stewardship over. To my surprise, I found many women who felt the same disconnect in the church and with Heavenly Father. It is common in the church community But, her, but my curious mind wanted to discover why. Why is this loneliness and feeling of not belonging so common? That a Heavenly Father who is so welcoming and teaches of God's infinite love? Why do we feel lonely? I came to find a couple of answers. One, in the process of focusing on becoming worthy to enter the kingdom of God, I connected my worth as an individual with perfect actions and behaviors and seeing my failures to such standards as failure of my being. Two, I was caught in the trap of comparison and perfection by defining others' lives as the goal and comparing my current circumstances to another's highlights. My problems were less a church problem and more a being human problem. So, in the redefining process, I have found, one, that I am worthy right now, in this moment, regardless of my circumstances, that my Heavenly Father loves me right now, in this moment, regardless of my circumstances, and I do not need to do anything better or different than I am right now to receive His approval. Three, I trust myself to do what is right for me. I trust that God accepts my efforts and I trust that I can shine brightly and belong and be my unique self. I know that there are members of this church who feel on the outskirts for whatever reason. Many have left the church because of this. I feel inspired to share this message speaking to you. You are of great worth. You are exactly where you need to be in your life. It is no mistake that need to be in, in your time, in your life. I see you where you are now. I see where your desires are for yourself. More importantly, Heavenly Father sees there is purpose. I know what it feels like to feel disconnected from Him. If you are in that space, don't stay there alone. Reach out for support. It is not asking too much. It is not being bothersome or intruding. 
part of gathering Israel on this side of the veil is going after the one who is already in the fold and barely holding on. And she closes with offering to be there for anybody who else needs to be heard. And she will be there for them. I connected to this on so many levels. One, so often I find myself comparing someone else's perfect lives that they post on Facebook to my current circumstances and comparing my my low moments to somebody else's highlights. And comparisons truly snatch up the spirit, the spirit, snatch up the confidence. They bruise us. And comparisons seize me. They seize all of us just as Joseph Smith was seized and it halts our progression and halts our work because we feel like we are not worthy enough. We are not good enough. We are not acceptable. We don't belong. And so ultimately some people, like she says, do leave. But we have to remember what is seizing us. In reading in Joseph Smith history and revisiting the first vision, the moment that Joseph Smith was seized upon by a dark power, it gave me great realization as I was reading that this morning, how often for all of us, that dark power seizes. It comes in many different forms, such as comparisons, such as the word of wisdom issues, such as depression, mental anxieties. It comes from just sin. We could be seized upon. But it's it's stopping his work, our father's work, because it stops our personal progression. We cannot move forward doing the work that we have been set out to do. This often comes to women as we tend to feel less than. And so what happens? His work that he has set forth for us to do is thwarted. It is halted. I have most recently come to recognize moments when I am seized upon as truly the adversary trying to stop my progression and our father's work. We as daughters of God have a great work to perform. Satan knows this and knows how to bring us despair. This is testimony to me how even even proof to the truthfulness of the first vision that we can relate to being seized upon. I have often had these feelings of hopelessness to give up, rejection, exhaustion. As I've decided to move forward with my podcast, I have noticed that my family's been seized upon or I've been seized upon and Satan's tactics swirl around us and cause me to, to, to feel like I can't go on anymore. I have made a determined decision that I'm not going to pay attention to that. And when I feel the tuckings on my heart to move forward, I am going to focus on that. I started this podcast based upon my reflections of my gospel reading and I share testimony. If you are just joining me today, I share my love for the Book of Mormon. And right now I'm sharing my testimony of Joseph Smith. And the first vision, I share, I share stories of hope. And just like I shared the story from Worldwide Unified, the sister's testimony of what her redefining process 
was and, and how she came to find her true self, I shared that today. One day I realized that the very reason the powers of darkness were sending a constant and direct hit upon me and my family was because of this podcast work. And in that aha moment, I made the decision to ignore those feelings and focus on those tuggings of my heart. And my words and my work were important. If I was being so seized upon that there must be something to this. I have now been listened to in several countries and have had over 1,700 downloads. And I don't have a lot of followers, but I don't care if there is the one that hears my testimony and draws closer to Christ or is converted to this true gospel of Jesus Christ, then I have done his work. But still, I've had to fight vigilantly to continue. I have cried for help, and he has assisted me every single time. And the first vision reveals how we all have Father's work to do, and it is certain that we may be seized upon to stop it. Suddenly or suddenly, but in any case, seized. And we need to break through those moments of being seized upon and look for that shining pillar of light as we simply try to grasp and plead for the help. It will come. It has come for me. My friend Holly, I've shared stories about her before. She shared this, six little stories with lots of meaning. So I'm going to share with you six little stories. One, once all villagers decided to pray for rain, on the day of prayer, all the people gathered, but only one boy came with an umbrella. That is faith. Two, when you throw babies in the air, they laugh because they know you will catch them. That is trust. Three, every night we go to bed without any assurance of being alive the next morning, but we still set alarms to wake up. That is hope. Four, we plan big things for tomorrow in spite of zero knowledge of the future. That is confidence. Five, we see the world suffering, but still we get married and have children. That is love. On an old man's shirt was written a sentence, I am not 80 years old, I am sweet 16 with 64 years of experience. That is attitude. And she closes with, have a happy day and live your life. Like these six stories. And remember, good friends are the rare jewels of life, difficult to find and impossible to replace. And as I have received countless text messages from you, dear friends, encouragement and words of love and support and even advice and precious critical direction, I have needed every single word. You have been my pillar of light. So in Joseph Smith's history 1, verse 14, his determination to listen to the words of James and to ask him prayer, it was a beautiful, clear day early in the spring of 1800. And it was the first time in Joseph's life that he had made an attempt to pray vocally. 
And after he had retired to the place where he had designed to go, having looked around him and finding himself alone, he kneeled down and began to offer up the desires of his heart. He had scarcely done so when immediately he was seized upon by some power which entirely overcame him and had such an astonishing influence over him as to bind his tongue so that he could not speak. And thick darkness gathered around him and it seemed for a time as if suddenly he were doomed to destruction. But with all powers he called upon God and and begged him to deliver him out of the power of this enemy which had seized upon him. And at that very moment when he was about to sink in despair, some incredible power that had such hold on him that he had never experienced before, he suddenly saw a pillar of light exactly over his head above the brightness of the sun and it gradually descended and it fell upon him and no sooner appeared he says that I found myself delivered from the enemy which held me bound when the light rested upon me I saw two personages whose brightness and glory defy all description standing above me in the air one of them spake unto me calling me by name and said pointing to the other this is my beloved son hear him i love 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 the story of the first vision i never tire of reading it my heart is full as i read it a confirmation my personal witness that this is truth I have a testimony of the first vision and I pray that this little podcast right here, right now, today will help you come to a further light and knowledge that this is truth, that this happened and hear him and President Russell M. Nelson's most recent conference address in April 2020. He says, Joseph Smith was in the grips of a force of darkness just before the heavens opened. Our Father knows that when we are surrounded by uncertainty and fear, what will help us the very most is to hear His Son. Because when we seek to hear, truly hear His Son, we will be guided to know what to do in any circumstance. I can trust in this. I know this for a certainty. He continues, The very first word in the Doctrine and Covenants, is hearken. It means to listen with the intent to obey. To hearken means to hear him, to hear what the Savior says, and then to heed his counsel. In those two words, hear him, God gives us the pattern for success, happiness, and joy in this life. We are to hear the words of the Lord, hearken to them, and heed what he has told us. What will happen is you more intentionally hear hearken and heed what the Savior has said and what he is now saying through his prophets, I promise that you will be blessed with additional power to deal with temptation, struggles, and weakness. I promise miracles in your marriage, family relationships, and daily work. And I promise that your capacity to feel joy will increase even if turbulence increases in your life. 
thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Coach and Chaos. And if my words have helped you this day in your testimony in regards to the first vision and Joseph Smith, then please share these words that we might bring someone else to this knowledge and to come to understand and to know that this truly is his church, even that of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of Coach and Chaos. I am Shari Reynolds. See you next time.